A new start. It's pretty rare to be able to find a new start. People around us are looking to to start over in lots of areas of their lives, and we don't get that chance. But today I want us to continue in this series of lessons that I'm calling Brand New, in which we're thinking about how Jesus gives us the chance to start over. So that everything in our past is not always held against us. So we don't have to carry all the baggage of the past into the future. So that our mistakes don't rule how we have to live the rest of our lives. And that's a great blessing as we come to these scriptures and think about what that looks like. We're studying Romans chapter 8 because Romans 8 really is the core of the whole book of Romans. And in some ways, Romans is the core of Paul's thinking in the New Testament. So it's a, a hugely important chapter as we approach it. Today I want us to think as we uh, consider being brand new, our identity, who we are, and how Jesus can change that identity. You know, our identity is formed in lots of different ways. First of all, um, we go back to the beginning and it's family, right? Our family gives us some identity. I know growing up I was uh, Jimmy and Jean's son because they were both teachers and they seemed to know everybody. And so forever, I was their kid. Leanne grew up, and her grandfather founded the church that she, was, that she grew up in, and she was one of Preacher Holder's granddaughters until we got married. I mean, that was just who she was, and that came with some sense of pride, but it also came with some responsibility of being the granddaughter of the pastor. Where we're from sometimes gives us some identity, right? Right? The part of the country that we might have been born in and grew up in says something about who we are and maybe gives some people some expectations about who we are. Some people here are still wondering when I'm going to start talking with a southern drawl, right? Because I'm from Georgia. We get that. Our work sometimes gives us identity. Maybe in a good way because we accomplish something with work. We do something that matters. Something that affects people in a positive way or... Or maybe it's a negative identity because it's not what we hoped it would be. And we're not making the impact that we once thought that we would through our work. And so our identity is formed in lots of ways. Now as you think about the things that inform your identity, where you're from, and your family, and your work, and the things you've done, what, what do you wish you could change about that? Because that's what we're really thinking about today. What do we wish that we could change about our identity? What defines who we are? Because part of the message of Christianity is that we have a new identity. And it comes from the Spirit of God at work in us. Now over the last couple of weeks, one of the themes that we've been developing is how the Spirit works in our lives. And today I want us to continue that and think about how the Spirit of God changes who we are because that's exactly what Paul is talking about in this passage. Now, there's a lot here and we need to take some of this apart. Ken read it, but I want us to take pieces of it now and think in a little more detail. Listen to what Paul says. Romans chapter 8, verse 14, for those who are led by the Spirit of God, so we're back to the Spirit, this is not my Spirit, this is God's Spirit at work in me, are the children of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Now some people read that and say, okay, the Spirit of God leads us to do right things, and when we do right things, we become the children of God. I think it's deeper than that. 
I think it's deeper than just walking the right path so we're associated with something different than what came before. I think we're looking at God saying when God's Spirit is at work in us, it doesn't just change what we do, which is hugely important. We don't want to get away from that. But it gets down to our core and changes our identity. We are then children of God. What does it mean to be children of God? What does it mean to move from sort of living our own life, thinking we're in charge of ourselves, maybe being children of the world, to being children of God? Paul helps us understand that. Verse 15 The spirit you received, again, God's spirit, not my spirit, the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Okay, what's he saying? He's saying, okay, you're being changed, but this is not how you're changed, first of all. You're you're not becoming slaves, so it's not that God just forces you to become his followers. It's not that God says, okay, you've got to do it my way or the highway. You don't have any choice in this matter. We have free will. We get to decide what we're going to do. It's up to us to decide, do I want to follow God's spirit or am I going to follow my path? Which one is it going to be? And we're not going to live in fear like we did, and we should know something about this because we have all, and we talked about this two weeks ago, we've all been enslaved to sin, right? Sin takes over, and we begin to see the consequences of sin, the the power of sin, and how it can ruin our lives and ruin our eternity. There's fear in that, and Paul says following God does not include that kind of fear. It's not that we need the fear of God in the sense of we're afraid of God. We might be in awe of God, but he says this relationship is not based in fear. This relationship is based in a loving God reaching out to us. And if we accept the offer of salvation, and if we accept the offer of God's Spirit at work in us, we are adopted into the family of God. Adoption then, as now, means you have all the rights of every other member of that family. It was very common for Roman families to adopt someone as their son. We even see that in the family of the Caesars, right? Someone is adopted as the son of Caesar because he's going to be the next Caesar, and he inherits everything that belongs to the emperor. And Paul's saying we are adopted into the family of God. So our status changes. Who we are changes. To the point that, this is what this strange word means to us, in him we cry, Abba, Father. Now some of you know that word Abba, and you know that it was an Aramaic word, and it was the very familiar word that someone would use for their father. In other words, it's, it's the word that I would use for my own father, especially while I was still in his household growing up as his son. So it's sort of like daddy. Now that almost seems inappropriate, doesn't it? This is the, our father in heaven. 
this is God. And somehow to call him daddy just doesn't feel right. I remember I went to college with a guy. When he prayed in class, he would always open with daddy. And I always just didn't think that was right somehow. But that's sort of what Paul's saying. He's saying we're, we're familiar. We're close now. You can call him dad. He's not just master. He's not just Lord. He's those things. But the relationship has changed in a dramatic way, and we have been adopted. Our status has changed to the point that he holds us close. Now, what's interesting is the Jews never used this word for God. So this is Paul taking our relationship with God in an entirely different direction from what the people of Israel would have understood before this point. That God could be that close and that we could be that close to God to call him dad. Verse 16. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Let's hang on just for a second there. Remember a couple weeks ago we talked about the Spirit being our advocate. There's the accuser, which we could translate the word Satan to mean. The accuser's telling us, hey, you're not good enough. Hey, you're not really the Son of God. Yeah, I know you go to church with all those people, and they're called the children of God, but they're really better than you. That's what the accuser whispers in our ears. But the Spirit of God says, listen... You're, you're just as good as anybody because the Spirit of God has changed who you are. And yeah, you've done some stuff in your past. You have this identity in your past that's based on some of the things we've talked about, your family, your mistakes, your accomplishments. But none of that is as important in the presence of God as being His child. And so you can say Abba. And you can have the full right to say that. The Spirit of God confirms that in our hearts. Verse 17. Now if we are children, adopted or not, you have all the rights of every other child, then we are heirs. We inherit. Heirs of God, our Father, our Dad. And co-heirs with Christ. We stand with him, with the Son of God, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So Paul says there's a price to pay. It's not always easy being a child of God. Sometimes there are challenges that will come our way because we have identified ourselves with God's Spirit As a son of God. And we take the challenges and we take the glory. We take the difficulties, we pay the price, and we also receive the inheritance. Our relationship with God is not based on how well we do in some of that. Our relationship is based on the Spirit of God transforming us. But if we are children of God, that's the way life's going to be. So Paul's telling us at the core here, What I've said over and over, the Spirit of God changes our identity. He changes who we are. For Paul, he would boast about all the things he used to be, 
a teacher, an expert in the law, a Pharisee, accomplished, seeking out people that he thought were false teachers, Christians. And he says, that all goes in the garbage heap. Because I'm a child of God. And that's what really mattered. So how does that affect us? We could say it lots of different ways, but I think there's three things that it gives us. The first is a new perspective. A new perspective on our relationship with God. We see God in a different way, right? If we go from seeing a person as a boss, someone we've got to do whatever they say, to a father, that would change the relationship dramatically. And Paul's saying our relationship with God has changed that dramatically. God's not just judge. God's not just master. God's not just Lord. He is also Father. And so we see Him in a different way, which means we see ourselves in a different way. As children of God, we have a new community because we've been brought into this family. You see, the relationship is not just vertical. It's not just about me being a child of God. He says we're heirs together. We're in this together, co-heirs with Christ. And so if we've been adopted into the family of God, look around. There it is. Christians all over the world who have been worshiping Jesus all day today, lifting up the name of Jesus, we are their community. We're their family We share in their sufferings and we share in their successes. And so the whole world should be giving thanks for the baptisms that happen today in this place. Christians all over the world rejoice, just as we rejoice today because there have been Christians baptized literally across the globe. We share in that because they're our family now. So we've been given a new community, and we've been given a new future. We know all the things that enslave us lead us to death. They lead us away from God. They lead us to destruction. But this new relationship with God means that we can spend eternity with this God that we call Dad in the presence of his spirit with our brother Jesus we are called into this new future both in this life which is dramatically changed by this change in status but also into eternity and we've emphasized that all the way through this series because it's there all the way through Romans chapter 8 Paul is looking at the present and saying just how much God changes us today, but he always looks to the future. There is an element of looking to the future all the way through this chapter as Paul sees God at work now and in eternity. And so we look forward to what God's going to do with us forever because our status is changed. And so we have this decision to make. Do I want to be part of the family of God? Do I want to have my status changed 
from servant to daughter or son, am I going to allow God to do that? It changes everything. Fred Craddock was one of my favorite preachers who passed away last year. And he tells this story, and you may have heard it because it's pretty popular, but he tells a story of, of while he was still teaching in Oklahoma, passing through Tennessee, stopped in some little town at a diner, and they were having supper. And, and there was this man sort of walking from table to table, introducing himself and talking to everyone. And he finally got to their table, and he found out that Fred was a preacher. And he said, oh, I've got a story about a preacher. And Fred's thinking, oh, yeah, everybody's got a story about a preacher. But he begins to talk about his childhood, how he was born not ever knowing his father, his parents were not married, and the shame that was associated with that, and how that became part of his identity, and people wondering who his father was, and wondering about, you know, what kind of boy he was. Lots of labels placed on him. And he stayed away from lots of things in the community because the names that were called, the questions that were asked. But he began to hear about a new preacher. A preacher that had come to town and everybody was excited about him and everybody wanted to hear him. And so he would sneak in and sit in the back and leave before it was over so nobody had time to ask questions. But one Sunday, he got so caught up in what the preacher was talking about that he ended up sort of staying late and everyone was walking out before he sort of caught on and, and was ready to go. And he... He was there sort of alone. And the preacher looked at him and he thought, oh boy, here it goes. And the preacher said, what kind of a boy are you? Who's your father? And he said, I know. The resemblance is unmistakable. You're a child of God. That's an incredible inheritance. Go and claim it. And as the boy sort of turned into a man in front of them, he said, that moment changed everything for me. And he later went on to tell them that his name was Ben Hooper and that he had been elected twice as governor of Tennessee. His identity changed. Being a child of God changes everything for us. Let's pray together. God, we want to be your children. And we celebrate with people, as we've said, all over the world who made the decision today to follow Jesus, to be changed by the Spirit of God, to become children of God. Your children. God, fill us with your spirit so that we're transformed every day. Help us to act like your children. Be ready to pay the price, but also share the joy. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe today you're ready to make that decision to become a child of God. We've seen it at work. If you've decided that, we'd love to know about it. love to talk with you about where you are in this journey and what the next steps for you are. Maybe it's time for you to be immersed into Christ, as we've seen. 
If you'd like to do that, come forward and let me know. Or maybe you want to be a member of our church if you've already been immersed into Christ as a believer, and we can talk about that as well. Or maybe you want to catch me later on when it's a little quieter, and I'd love to talk with you about where you are. Let's stand together and sing our invitation.